Hello, and welcome to the Laverne Church of Christ podcast, and thank you for joining us. You can find us at 244 Old Nashville Highway, Laverne, Tennessee, 37086. We hope that any time you are in the area, you will stop by and join us for worship. Our Sunday morning worship is at 9 a.m., with Bible classes following. Our Sunday evening worship is at 6 p.m., and we also have a Bible study on Wednesday at 7 p.m. Tonight is the last night of our 2023 summer series, and uh, it's been a good one this year. And uh, we have tonight our last speaker. And, uh, you know, I mean, Wayne and I had go back uh, as far as being good friends, close friends, for 16 years, approximately. And uh, so he's in my Rolodex. Anytime that I'm looking for a good preacher and can't find one, well, there's always Wayne. So <laughs> I told some of the guys I was going to say that, because so I had to. Uh, but no, I'm kidding about that. Wayne is a great speaker, and I am very much looking forward to hearing him tonight. Uh, the, the only time in my 25 years of vocational ministry that I have not been in a preaching position was the five and a half years that I was the Associate Minister of Education and Evangelism at Highland Heights in Smyrna. Now, how's that for a title? Uh, but one of the things that, uh, that I had to take in consideration if I weren't going to be the preaching minister is whether or not I could stand to listen to the guy that was. Well, I could stand to listen to Wayne, and so it was able to work out. And uh, so I love Wayne very much, his wife Kim as well, and his family. He's done a good work with the Highland Heights congregation for how long? 33 years, 33 years. So uh, that says something good about Wayne, uh, and I appreciate him very much. He's ending our series by talking about putting Jesus first pretty much in everything. So Wayne, come talk to us. Now you're on. Now I'm on. All right. Man, I'm ex- man this thing's heavy. I, I'm, I want to stand down here if that's okay. I am excited to be here. Um, I love this church. There are so many people here that I have known for many, many years. And uh, I just, I love being here. So thank you for allowing me to come and to be a part of this service. And I'm, I'm just, I'm thrilled to be here with, with friends that I have known for many, many years. And, and Josh is right. Let me tell you, I, I love Josh Pappas too. But the first time I met him, I knew, I knew he was going to be a great preacher. I mean, he had all the characteristics. He was bald, he has a goatee, <laughs> and he's carrying a few more pounds than he should. It's like, this guy's guaranteed to be good, man. And, and he is. And I just, I love him to death. I love the work he's doing here. I love to see this church thriving. I, I, I want it to do great, great things. And um, so thank you for allowing me to be a part of it. I got to be honest with you about a couple of, well, let me, let me do this first too. Um, several of you have asked about uh, my uh, cancer situation, and two years ago, this past Thursday, I had my first cancer surgery. I had ocular melanoma, cancer of the eye. Who, who knew there was such a thing, right? And so I had, I had melanoma. It wasn't on my eye. It was inside my eyeball, and... Um, and it, it was dicey. I mean, melanoma's melanoma, right? And, and it really all depended on the genetics, but more than anything, it depended on God. And I had, I had either, if the genetics were right, I had a 92% chance of survival. If they were wrong, I had 30. And turns out it was between right and wrong, and, and it's worked out great. And 
two years ago today, I had my last surgery, and uh, one year ago, a couple of days ago, they declared me cancer-free. So it's been great. It's been fantastic. Uh, they told me I would lose my eyesight. I was telling John Scork a while ago. Um, th they told me I would lose my eyesight in my right eye, but it would, it would take a year or two and, and before it really got started, and it's been two years, and I haven't lost hardly any. And the last time I saw my doctor, I, I said, he said, and they said I'd have sand in my eye. I'd feel like I had sand in my eye the rest of my life. Now, that was really exciting, right? Death sounded preferable to me. I, I just, it just sounded good rather than having sand in your eye. And so I, I saw him just a few weeks ago, and he said, do you have any grit in your eye? Nope, never have. He gave me these drops two years ago. I've never used them. I've never had one bit of grit, sand in my eye. Uh, he said, uh, well, how much eyesight have you lost? And I said, I, none that I can tell. And he said, Wayne, I'm just going to tell you this. There's no way the amount of radiation I put in your eye, there's no way that, that you're not going to get grit in your eye and you're not going to lose your eyesight. And I said, I, thank you, brother, but you don't know God, okay? And that's the way I put it. I believe it. Uh, God has been gracious to me. I may lose it at some point. If, if that's what God decides, that's good. I'm good with that. Uh, I may get grit in my eye if that's what God decides, but as of now, uh, he's saying no. And, and so we keep praying about that, and things are going great. The other thing I have to be honest about is that um, Josh called me last night at 9.30. No, you sent me a text, didn't you, brother? Yeah. He sent me a text and said, man, are we still good with LV tomorrow night? And I was like, what in the world? So I called him. I said, dude, who is LV? And he said, Laverne. I said, man, I, I'm missing something. This is right over my head. And he said, you're supposed to be at Laverne tomorrow night. Man, I never, I, when, when did I agree to this? I have no idea. I have text reference. You got text? He's got proof, he says. I mean, right over my day. Had he not called me, I would not have been here, I'm going to tell you. And, and so as I'm talking to him, I'm thinking, well, you know, that's okay, because I'll just, our church starts at 5 on Sunday evening. I'll just preach the same thing there I did at Highland. And then he sends me a text back and says, do you remember your topic? I'm like, oh, man, no, what is it? And I, well, I'm just going to read to you what he said. <laughs> he said, he said, um, he said, the topic is putting Jesus first in everything. Anything you already have like that's close to that is cool. <laughs> in other words, we were running late, okay? So chance would have it. I've been preaching for 35 years and, um, no, 38 years. And so I got a few sermons you know, backed up, and I, and I have one that, that I entitled, It's All About Jesus, and so it fits the category good, and I'm excited about it because it's been years since I looked at it, and uh, so that's what we're going to be talking about tonight, putting Jesus first, it's all about Jesus, and we have the, the guy that took Josh's place when he left Highland, uh, Kelly Campbell, who is our family involvement minister, um, this, this is his saying, it's all about Jesus, it's all about Jesus, it's all about Jesus. And, and you know what? Through the years in working with him and studying with him and, and being in the ministry with him, I, I agree with that 100%. We get caught up in things. Uh, we get caught up in, and, and I'm not saying that, that details aren't important. They certainly are. But sometimes we get in the minutia and we forget Jesus. Amen. And that's what it's all about. That, that's, that's why we're here. That, that's why we worship, because Jesus died for us. That's why we're going to heaven, because Jesus Christ died for us. And everything that we do... And I mean everything that we do should revolve around that. Amen. 
And, and that's, I, I, the, the older I get, the more I realize there is nothing in this world more important than Jesus. Amen. I mean, bank accounts, houses, cars, kids, none of that, none of that is as important as Jesus. And so I, I think this topic is, is good for me because it reminds me, but, but I just believe that it's so important because, because so many Christians are out there and they're spread so thin because they're, they're forgetting the most important part. And that's Jesus. And so if, if, we are, if we're in the workplace, yeah, we have to go to work. We've got to provide for our families. Paul said, if a man won't work, neither should he what? Eat. You've been eating, brother. And so if a man won't work, neither should he eat. We've got to go to work. But even while we're at work, what's the most important thing? Jesus. We never get away from that. It doesn't matter where you go. It doesn't matter what you're involved in. Everything revolves around Jesus. So that's what we're going to be talking about. So this, this, this lesson goes back a few years. Um, but when I preached this lesson at Highland, a week before I preached it, I put this picture on Facebook in our, in our family page. And, um, and, and this is what I said. This, this is our sermon graphic for Sunday morning. Make a guess below what the topic might be. The best guess gets a piece of peppermint from the basket at the Welcome Center. Well, the peppermint's always at the Welcome Center, so it wasn't a great, it wasn't a great prize. Uh, but, but Eric Newsom, one of our members, I don't know if, if you've been to Highland, you know Eric, super guy. But uh, this is what he sent me, four-point sermon, which that was wrong because I always do three. Let your light shine as a good example <laughs> and be all you're cracked up to be. Don't lay around two chicken to do what is right and duck responsibility. Uh, don't be afraid to come out of your shell or say a peep about the goodness of God. And then number four, uh, don't get lost in the scramble of life. Let your light shine to incubate those who have laid still in darkness. That, that was very creative and great, but it had nothing to do with what the sermon was. But I thought that was fun. And then uh, our youth minister t at the time said, this is excellent. And, uh, and I have no idea what that is. Okay, so this is, this is what it's about. It's all about Jesus. And we can get caught up in all these other things. Look at some of those things we have listed up there. We can, we can get caught up in, in, in our education. Education's important, but it is, is it as important as Jesus? It's not, is it? We, we can get caught up in sports. College football starting. Is it more important than Jesus? I'm going to tell you, I know some people that it is. I, I know some people that if Tennessee loses on Saturday, they can't go to church on Sunday. They're too upset about it. Can you imagine that? That's the way some people live. Patriotism. This is one of my biggest concerns right now. Uh, this, this nationalistic Christianity. Listen, I'm all about America. I want America to do great things. I want America to, to, to be great for our children. But, but let's, let's all be very honest. Our citizenship is where? It's in heaven. Our citizenship's in heaven. As much as I love this country, my citizenship is in heaven. And so no matter what goes on here, it's all about Jesus. So don't let, don't let your patriotism get confused with your commitment to God and Jesus Christ. Because this country will, we're seeing it, this country will let us down. Jesus Christ never will. Make sure your children know it's all about Jesus. Make sure they know this country will let them down. Make sure they know this country will pass laws that God would not allow. 
Make sure this country will, will let them know this country will, will support things that God says is an abomination. It's all about Jesus. Don't get wrapped up in some of this other stuff. And, and I had other things up there. Uh, social media. Uh, even, I, I said church work. You know, sometimes we get so involved in the programs, we forget what it's all about. It's about Jesus, right? And so this is what we're going to be talking about today. Um, it's all about Jesus. Here's a quote from uh, Max, Matt Chandler and some others in Creature of the Word. It's one thing to see the gospel as an important facet of one's ministry. It's quite another to hold firmly to it as the centerpiece for all a church is and does to completely orbit around it. That's the gospel. Everything revolves around the gospel, and the gospel is defined by Paul as what? The death to bear on the resurrection of Christ, of Jesus. And so it's all about Jesus. Everything revolves around that. And listen, we, we, a couple of years ago, we, we really we took a serious look at all of our ministries at Highland. And we said, this is crazy. I can't remember at the time how many we counted. It was over 100. All these men were going in a thousand different directions. And I think we had lost focus. I think Jesus wasn't the focus anymore in some of our ministries. Accomplishing this goal, this goal, this goal, this goal. Yeah, if, had you asked us, we would, we'd have said all of those ministries were about serving people and serving God. <clears throat> but I think, I think our, our focus got off a little bit. And so we literally pared that down. We, we eliminated like 20 or 30 of them and, and, and still had way too many. And we've eliminated some more since then. But we've tried to pare it down so that we, so that we remember everything orbits around Jesus. Don't get caught up in the ministry if it's not furthering the cause of the gospel. Amen. And sometimes in churches, we do that. Here's another quote. There's a huge difference between knowing the gospel and being consumed by it, Amen. being defined by it. <coughs> Excuse me, I just got over COVID. <coughs> Maybe as a coincidence, two days Two days after I went to dinner with Rooster and Cheryl Pitts, I got COVID. I don't know. I don't know if it's their fault. No, it wasn't their fault. Do, do you understand this quote? There is a huge difference between knowing the gospel and being consumed by it. And I want you to be consumed by it. God wants you to be consumed by it. That, that everything in your life revolves around that. If you, if you have any idea, and you probably don't because you're here on a Sunday night, uh, if you have any idea that Sunday is your Christian day and the rest of the days, you know, you're going to school, you're going to work, you're doing your thing, but on Sunday, we go talk to Jesus. You're off base. You've missed it. We're consumed. We should be consumed by the gospel. Listen, I, I told somebody, I actually said it from the pulpit, I didn't tell my wife I was going to say it because it just popped in my head. Sometimes preachers do that. But, but a few months ago, I, I made this statement that, that you could take anything away from me. You, you, could, you, could take, you could take my kids. You could take my wife before you take this. 
I love my wife and my kids with all my heart. I can't live without this because I'm consumed by it. Everything in life revolves around this. Literally everything. And I'm not patting myself on the back. I'm just telling you that, that this is the way we should be living life. Everything revolves around the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need to be consumed with it. It doesn't mean we neglect our wives and our husbands and our marriages. It doesn't mean we neglect our children. No, we've got responsibilities there. But they're not, they're not nearly at the level of this. Everything revolves around the Word of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay, so let's talk about it's all about Jesus. Um, I, I'm going to go through three different people that said in Scripture that it's all about Jesus, and we'll see what they say. Uh, first of all, Paul believed it. I want you to think about the Apostle Paul just for a minute. From the day he met Jesus on, on the road to Damascus, was there anything else important in his life? No. no. I, I, he's, he is amazing to me. From the day he met Jesus on the road to Damascus, there was nothing else in life. Now, I realize he didn't have a wife, didn't have family, doesn't appear to him. And, and so, and he talked about that, you know. If, if you're going to marry, understand, you, you're going to get tied up in some worldly things because you're going to have to worry about your wife. You're going to have to worry about your husband. That's part of it. But Paul was consumed with the gospel. Every thought, every, every idea, every action he took had to do with Jesus. And so Paul believed it. Look at some of the things he said. Galatians 6, 4. God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Read that again silently. Let, let that sink in. God forbid that I should boast in anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me. What does that mean? He don't care about it anymore. John, thank you for that prayer, brother. Even so, come Lord Jesus. I don't care about this world. I don't care about, I don't care about this life. I mean, you know, life looks great right now. I, I'm, I'm healthy. I'm, I'm talking about retirement. We're making plans. We're talking about what retirement looks like. It sounds exciting. But if God came to me right now and said, Wayne, I, I can give you all those plans you're making about retirement, or I can send Jesus today. What, what am I going to choose? <laughs> send Jesus now. Send Jesus now. Because I've been crucified to the world because it's all about Jesus. 2 Timothy 4, 18. What was read for us a while ago. And the Lord will deliver me from every evil work and preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. To him be glory. To him be glory. It's the most important thing. It, it ruled Paul's life. It was, it was everything to him. He believed it. It was all about Jesus. And I, I know that some of us can say, well, 
That's the Apostle Paul. Now, one, one byproduct of radiation in your eye means you sweat a lot. So I have to wipe my glasses off. Um, one, one, of the, one of the issues that we have is that when we talk about to him be glory forever and ever, amen, there's just a lot of Christians that they're not living that. They're not living it. Somewhere along the line, something got more important to them than Jesus. I don't want that to be you. God doesn't want that to be you. Everything's about Jesus. Paul believed it. Turns out John believed it too. You know, it's my favorite gospel. I mean, I, Matthew, Mark, and Luke are great. Um, I, I, I say that, I should laugh at that, because uh, I, I, I've been in the church now for 40, 52 years. Yeah, 52 years. And at some point in those 52 years, Matthew was my favorite, Mark was my favorite, Luke was my favorite. I'm in my 60s now. John's my favorite, okay? Um, and and, I, and I, I, love, I love the dedication that he had to Jesus. And, and I love the way he says, the one who Christ loved, right? As if Christ didn't love the rest of them. But John believed it. It was all about Jesus. Look at what he wrote in Revelation 1. To him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Tell me, please, in that verse where John gave any room for anything to be more important than Jesus. He didn't, did he? He didn't. To him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Can anything be more important than that? Anything. Your job? Your marriage? Again, don't get me wrong. God's got very exacting responsibilities for us in marriage. I appreciated what, what Jason was saying up here to the kids. Please keep preaching that message. What is marriage? One man, one woman for life. The world's forgotten it. Let's keep teaching our kids that. But in the end, that marriage is only a vehicle to help us put God first. It's not to detract us and pull us away. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Look at another passage, Revelation 15, 4. Who shall not fear you, O Lord, and glorify your name? You alone are holy. For all nations come and worship before you, for your judgments have been manifested. You alone are holy. Everything is about you, Lord. Everything's about you. And so as we go through this, I'm challenging you. I'm challenging you. You don't have to do it with anybody else. You do it tonight in the quietness of your bed. You really need to look at your life and decide, is anything more important to me than Jesus? Is anything more important to me than Jesus? Paul said no. To him be glory. John said no. To him be glory. 
And, and let me just say one thing. I, I said that my wife and I are talking about retirement. Um, many years ago, some of you knew my dad. Hey, Miss Pat, how are you doing? She knew my dad for about 60 years. And I remember, I remember when dad was about 73 or 4, he'd retired from his secular job at 62. And uh, I said, Dad, you know, isn't it about time to retire from preaching? And you know what he said to me? How do I know the Lord would be pleased with that? And I got to tell you, I'm, I'm excited about plans and retirement, but, but I'm trying to figure out how that works for a minister. What I've decided is, you don't. I'm, I'm just going to change venues, okay? I'm going to change venues. I'm going I'm to change the way that I spread the name of Jesus. But I can't stop. What did Jeremiah say? Firing my bones, man. I, I determined, he said, I was not going to talk about God anymore. And my bones just burned. He couldn't. And I think that's the way we should all be. That's the way we should all be. And so I can change venues, but I can't top, stop talking about Jesus. He's the most important thing. Another reason that I know that Jesus is the most important thing is that he himself believed it. And he taught it. And he told his disciples and his believers what he expected of them. I'm going to read you a couple of challenging verses, okay? And if if you're not a Bible student, you should be. But this is going to shock you. I hope that it shocks nobody, but maybe you hadn't thought about it in a while. He who loves father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. I love my mom and dad. My mom passed away about seven weeks ago. Dad passed away in 2019. Uh, We lost mom July the 8th. I love my mom and dad. But Jesus says, if you love father and mother more than me, you're not worthy of me. What's he saying? I'm the most important. Maybe this is even tougher. I guess it is. He who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. I have a son and a daughter. And I love them dearly. I love them dearly. But listen to what Jesus is saying. You love them more than me. You're not worthy of me. He's either number one or nothing. One thing I'm trying to make sure that people know, and and the, the church has suffered from this all my life, and I'm sure before I came into the world, it suffered from this. But but listen, now, now that I have studied the word of God deeply, strongly for decades, I recognize this, okay? You're either all in or you're all out. I mean it. Read your Bible. You're either all in or you're not in at all. 
And if you think you can come to church on Sunday and go out and live like the world on Monday and everything will be okay if you just come back to church on Sunday and give Jesus a couple of hours, you don't understand Jesus. You're either all in or you're not in at all. You either love me or you hate me. You either gather with me or you scatter abroad. And if you love mother, father, son, or daughter more than me, you're not worthy of me. Look at Luke 9, beginning in verse 59. He said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Now, I don't know if dad was already dead and they were just waiting to bury him. That's doubtful because, because in, in first century uh, Judaism, within 24 hours, they were in the grave. Okay, You died, they, they put you in a hole quickly. Probably dad was about to die. Now, don't you think about that. Dad's about to die. And Jesus said, follow me. And he said, Lord, let me, let me go home and bury my father. And Jesus said, let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and preach the kingdom of God. Does that sound like somebody that's willing to say, you don't have to be all in? He goes on. Another also said, Lord, I'll follow you, but first let me go and bid them farewell who are at the house. And Jesus said, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. These are, these are strong requirements. These are some high standards. And I just don't think most Christians have lived up to them. I just don't think most of us think this way. You're either all in or you're not in at all. Paul believed it. John believed it. Jesus believed it. Let me read you one more passage and we'll be done tonight. This comes from Luke, the 14th chapter, beginning in verse 26. It's Jesus again. If anyone comes to me and does not hate. Now, we know what this means. doesn't mean hate. We're told to respect and honor our mom and dad. It, it means he better be more important to you than they are. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. He, he didn't leave any wiggle room. He, he, didn't, he didn't leave any loopholes where I could just kind of slide through. He's more important than mom and dad, wife and children, brother, sister, and your own life. He's more important than any of that. Because if, if he's not, you cannot be his disciple. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you intend, intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it. Listen to what Jesus is saying. Most of us have already said, I'm in. Most of us have said, I'm a Christian. I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. What Jesus said was, before you say that, hang on just a minute. Sit down and count the cost. 
Before you tell me you're in, make sure you know what it's going to cost. Just like, just like somebody that, that is going to build a tower. Before you go starting, make sure you've got the money to finish it. Well, lest after he's laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build, he was not able to finish. And then he gives another example. What king going to make war against another king doesn't sit down first and consider whether he's able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? Or else while the other is still a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for conditions of peace. So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has. I mean, we're, we live in America. We're wealthy people. We're wealthy people. You may not think you are, but go to the rest of the world and just kind of look around. If you don't forsake all that you have, you cannot be my disciple. Does it sound like Jesus is willing to take second place? Does it sound like Jesus is willing to take two hours on a Sunday? You got 166 hours a week to do your thing and two hours a week to give to God? Does it sound like Jesus is going to stand for that? It doesn't, does it? I mean, the, these are some high standards. But this is what God demands. And let me tell you something. I, I don't always live up to it. Sometimes things get in the way. Sometimes I get consumed with other things. But I have, I've been in it long enough to know that if I'll do what he says, it's worth it. Amen. It's worth it. When I talk about loving Jesus more than my wife, let me tell you, we just celebrated our 35th anniversary the best husband I can be is putting Jesus first. I got two kids. I love them dearly. They're grown. I'm thankful for that. For those of you raising kids today, God bless you. But the best way to raise your kids, the best way to be the best mom, the best dad to your kids, is to put Jesus first. To put him first. When you do that, everything else falls into place. It's worth it. It's just worth it. So, the question is, Paul believed it, John believed it, Jesus believed it. Do you believe it? So tonight, in the quietness of your bed, when the lights go out, you decide, is there anything, is there anything in your life more important than Jesus. Am I extending the invitation here? And, and if you've already made that calculation while we've been talking, and you realize that you've let some things be more important than you than Jesus, then fix that tonight. Amen. Fix that tonight. You've got the opportunity to do that. If you haven't become a Christian yet, we'd be honored to assist in that. But let me just say, before you do it, count the cost. Amen. 
Are you willing to be all in? Because if you're not, he doesn't want you. He doesn't want you. You cannot be my disciple. You got to be all in. Thank you for being with us tonight. Thank you for inviting me to be here. I appreciate that. I love this church because I look around and I see so many people that, I, that I've known for many, many years. And, um, and I'm proud that, that you're doing so well. And I'm proud of this guy right here and the job he's doing. And the elders, I know they do a great job. It's just a good church. Keep, keep doing your thing. Let the light of Jesus shine in this community. But if we can help you in any way, we invite you to come while we stand and sing. Thank you for listening to this message from God's Word. If you have any questions, please email them to us at office at lavernecoc.org. Once again, we thank you for listening, and we hope you have a blessed day.